Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And we're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues. But the twist is, is that we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce the crew, guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, yes, he's back. Deputy Chief Matthew Thomas from Pinal County uh, Sheriff's Office in Arizona. I didn't want to say anything about, you know, I'm, I suspect he's been working undercover in like the gang or narcotics unit, but I'm just kind of throwing that out there because uh, he, he looks quite a bit different than he did last time he was on the show. We also have Major Travis Yates, uh, recently retired, I blink from uh, from Tulsa with TravisYates.org. So thanks for being on the show, Major. Also, Mike Matranga, retired Secret Service, and uh, and he's got it going on. So we got more information about all these guys and what's going on and also uh, how uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb is running for U.S. Congress. And, uh, hey, I, I thoroughly expect to see him get the seat. Uh, a shout-out to our sponsors, MotionDSPAUFire.com. Uh, we have GallsGunLearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. Also, well, you know, I should say, I say Bang. It's really Monster. Monster took over Bang. I am drinking a Bang product. It's called the uh, Blue Haze, look, uh, or Blue Rass, sorry. And, and, and I've, I've never tried it before. I think it might even be a new flavor they just released, but it's in the new Bang can. So thanks to Monster for helping make that happen. Also, a uh, shout-out to Brian Burns with the free press, TampaFP.com. Thanks for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceMedia.com. You know, we're live on the Boss Talk Radio network of stations. Uh, that's in addition to the other ones. We're, we're syndicated across the, the nation, about 35 radio stations. And we're streaming the eight locations right now. Three of those belong to Red Voice Media. Those three Facebook pages alone have about a million followers. So, yeah, we're not missing YouTube too much, although we are streaming the YouTube, the live version, but not the produced version of the show. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Guys, we got a great cast today. We're going to get into some deep topics. I've already, I've already been threatened by one of the panelists that he's he's threatened to go into a three-hour tirade on one of the topics. So let's see if we can, uh, if we can make that happen, and then, and then, and then, you know, then someone can take the credit for cutting them off if they have to. But uh, let's see what we got. Our main topic, LawOfficer.com, one of our best sources, because you know what, they don't embarrass us when we cover topics from LawOfficer.com. So we can, um, you know, we can thank Travis Yates for that. The National Police Association urges Congress to pass the Local Law Enforcement Protection Act. I have to admit, I was not that familiar with the act or with this going on. So thanks to uh, Travis Yates and Law Officer for, uh, for educating us. So in Indianapolis, the, law, the uh, Local Law Enforcement Protection Act, it's H.R. 5264. So it's uh, 5264. It's a federal bill designed to protect qualified immunity for state and local police officers. Now, qualified immunity is probably the one of the single most uh, uh, misunderstood things that exist. And I'm, I'm all the time getting in debates with people about cops. They think cops should not have qualified immunity, and they totally don't even get it that the word qualified means they have to qualify for it. They don't even get it automatically, and it has nothing to do with, cri with criminal laws or prosecution. But going on, the bill was reintroduced by Representative Claudia uh, Tenney, and Representative Andrew Gabarino, and this is in the U.S. House of Representatives, so we're talking the feds here, and it was reintroduced on August the 22nd. It is currently in the Subcommittee on Commodity Markets, Digital Assets, and Rural Development, so it doesn't sound like an exciting committee, but that's where it's at right now. The Qualified Immunity Doctrine protects police officers from personal liability, not criminal, but personal liability for civil damages provided that their actions do not violate the law or subvert constitutional rights. If this bill is enacted, state and local governments with laws that weaken qualified immunity protections, they would be unable to apply for specific federal grants aimed at bolstering rural and urban communities. So it's a federal law that's making it uncomfortable for uh, state and local uh, jurisdictions that try to limit the cops' uh, ability to take advantage of it. 
Uh, this legislation provides police officers with the freedom to perform their duties in good faith without the fear of facing personal liability. Uh, when allowed to administer their oath as prescribed by their training in the U.S. Constitution, police officers are better equipped to, uh, to protect and serve. It goes on to say that the Local Law Enforcement Protection Act, it's a bill that strengthens policing, and they urge Congress to pass it. It supports the men and women of law enforcement who serve with honor and integrity and ultimately keeps our communities safer. Now, this is Paula Fitzsimmons, who's saying this is the legislative director of the National Police Association. And, you know, we have their spokesperson, you know, on the show, Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith, who's, of course, married to uh, J.D. Buck Savage. So there's a lot of history that goes here. We have a lot of connections with this movement. Uh, so, guys, I'm curious to see whether you think about what you think about this. A lot of people don't like to see the federal government money in their hands when it comes to um, to rights and bills and even with law enforcement stuff. So I know what they're attempting to do. I just curious what you guys think. Uh, Chief Thomas, what you start us off. Well, kudos first to those uh, legislatures for stepping up and doing something that is much needed uh, because people do have a misunderstanding of the qualified immunity. And I, I always talk to people about this and I tell them it's not absolute like judges, right? So if we started holding our uh, judges accountable with qualified immunity rather than absolute immunity, the, uh, the landscape would look a lot different for uh, law enforcement. But again, the, the key is qualified, right? You have to qualify for this and it gives us protection to do our jobs. And I think we've seen the disaster since 2020 when we had this anti-cop rhetoric and the disasters that's caused across the country, people fleeing some of those cities because the crime is rampant. And more than ever, our country has got to get behind our law enforcement and just support them. And this is one of those bills that's going to do that uh, from a federal level. And we all know uh, any agency that gets federal funds, that really helps a lot of these agencies that don't have the budget capacity to do some of the things they want to do. And so using that uh, that stick with that carrot, that, that kind of helps uh, just put some of these, uh, I'll call them radical activists, in check in uh, how they're trying to treat our police officers. Travis. Well, first, I just want to give kudos to uh, Chief Thomas. His voice soothes me late at night so often, and it's so nice. I'm sure your audience understands that, and they get a little piece of that. So I do appreciate the three-hour audio you did send over, Matt. But let me just get back to qualified immunity. And I, and I continue to say this, and it's very, very frustrating. Why is it the National Police Association that's pushing this so hard? Where's our national police organizations, the, one that, the ones that take tons of money from the Department of Justice, the ones that say they have your back, but kudos to the National Police Association. And I think the way this passes is pretty easy. If they want to take qualified immunity away from us, let's take it away from all the politicians and all the other government workers as well, school teachers and everybody else, because that, that would be fair. We want to talk equity these days, Chip. That would be equitable, right? So if the politicians are willing to give up their qualified immunity, I'll give up mine. I have an inkling that's not going to happen. Uh, one more take, Paula Fitzsimmons with NPA. This is an example of one person in the power of one. Paula Fitzsimmons is just a civilian up in Wisconsin, I believe. I, I believe that's where she's from. And she just got upset one day and started a great blog on Substack called For the Blue and started writing about these issues. Now she's doing it at a much higher level. If we had a lot more Paula Fitzsimmons out there, we would be uh, in such better shape. And I'm wondering where they are. Do they not, it's sick. Do they not, are they not, do they not exist in the ICP or a lot of these other organizations? Do they not have any Paula's there. They can speak up for us. Cause I think she's for hire. They ought to get, they ought to, you know, get a hold of her. Wow. 
That, that was that was a beautiful thing. Uh, Mike, how can you follow that, Mike? Well, these I mean, it's hard to follow these two guys. I mean, one, they're they're very handsome fellas. Uh, you know, uh, I love Travis's barber. We have the same barber. Uh, and Matthew's got this awesome beard working on that that apparently he doesn't usually uh, sport. So uh, good for you. But uh, no, I, just a couple of takeaways. Um, you know, I think that the general public in the United States has this uh, misunderstanding of qualified immunity that, you know, police officers uh, throughout the United States can just go rogue and do whatever it is that uh, that they choose. And then there, there are no consequences. Qualified immunity is just that you have to qualify for the immunity. If you're out there as a police officer and you're consciously breaking the law, you are no longer qualified for qualified immunity. And so there's this misunderstanding that we have to be able to articulate to the community that that doesn't mean that that we're going to support bad law enforcement officers. It just means that the good ones who may get caught up in a situation and they haven't broken the law, but maybe they're following policy um, and an event happens, right? Uh, that they can't be sued civilly uh, outside of the scope of their employment. So I wanted to clarify that, right? Uh, you know, and, and the other thing is that uh, these individuals that are calling for, uh, you know, the to do away with a qualified immunity for law enforcement officers really need to consider. All right. I think we lost Mike briefly anyhow, but, uh, but you know, uh, Chief Thomas, you brought up a good point because you said absolute immunity. I'm so glad you went there because yeah. a lot of people. Can you guys hear me? realize that the and we can hear yeah. you now I um i lost the uh, video that but the um legislators and you know judges they get absolute immunity without having to qualify for anything so when people get their their you know their panties in a water they get all upset about something they're they're picking on cops that get qualified immunity that you only you don't even have it you have to go to the court and qualify before you even get it and so that's right. the thing that they pick on instead of going for you know the absolute immunity, which just it just it just blows it just blows my mind. So I, I just don't understand that. So yeah, and and uh, Chip, that's that's a big deal, right? It, when you're talking about judges, and when you're talking about some of these legislatures, when you're talking about anybody who has absolute immunity, that means they cannot be touched, right? And for us cops, the qualified piece means we have to qualify for it. And uh, what that entails, as everybody has spoken to, one piece that you have to keep in mind is, is it's not an emotional reaction, which is what happens mostly with these incidents. It's an objective look at what took place in this incident. And they're looking objectively at how the officer acted. And remember, it's reasonableness in the eyes of other officers. That's what makes it reasonable because normal citizens do not understand this job. Yeah. And you know, the whole the whole reason why they came out with qualified immunity for cops is to do is protect them from frivolous lawsuits. And if you could just do your job without having to worry about these frivolous lawsuits, and, and that was the goal, and, and it works as long as long as it's applied, you know, before they take it away. So, look, uh, thank you, Chief, and thank you, uh, guys, for the commentary. Our first commercial break will be right back. You know, guys, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and for a six-week of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information. It saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. 
and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products and all these capabilities by simply going to motiondsp.com, motiondsp.com, check it out. All right, guys, AUFIRE stands for Accuracy Under Fire. It's at AUFIRE.com, and AUFIRE is actually the gold standard in tactical simulation. For the first time ever, agencies and LEOs can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, and other objects in AUFIRE's dynamic force-on-force scenarios. Ever wonder how your officers would react or wish you could train them in real-world situations? And now you can, all while improving their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills thanks to AUFIRE.com. So go to the website, check out the cool videos, learn about this amazing product, aufire.com all right you know just watching the chief's head start to bob a little bit there hey uh, welcome back to the leo roundtable law enforcement talk show we're still live from the boss talk radio studios in plant city florida you know just wrapping it up talking about a a a, a effort to uh, put a federal law in place to protect officers you know right uh, to have qualified immunity only if they qualify for it you know the only thing i'm gonna throw out there i kind of wish there was a a uh, National Police Officers Bill of Rights. I know that, you know, some states have it, some states don't. I, I kind of wish that there was a national standard just to protect officers because things are certainly not the same across the country when officers are investigated. Uh, but uh, so I, I don't know if anyone will pick that up, but I, I sure as heck would support anyone that did. Uh, so that said, if you guys are ready to move on to our next one, well, let's go ahead and, uh, and make it happen. Um, great commentary on the first topic. Wow. Lawofficer.com, SCOTUS. Supreme Court of the United States refuses to hear Derek Chauvin appeal. So, yeah, so Chauvin's had a couple things in play. And so I'm glad we're, we're getting to the story now because uh, one, uh, one door is closed. There's still another one open. So on Washington, D.C., it starts off by talking our author. If there was ever a case that seemed ripe for appeal, it was the state trial of Derek Chauvin, who was convicted of killing George Floyd in 2020. So our author goes on to say that from the pretrial publicity, with the deck stacked against the former Minneapolis police officer, officer to exculpatory evidence that was not allowed to be introduced, as well as accusations that key prosecution witnesses committed perjury, surely the U.S. Supreme Court would hear the case after the Minnesota Supreme Court declined. Um, so they appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court because it already got turned down by the, by the state Supreme Court. However, on Monday, Supreme Court of the United States also declined to hear an appeal from Chauvin, who was serving more than two decades in prison. And this is according to Fox News. Furthermore, Alpha News, now let's go ahead and give a little background. Alpha News, uh, Liz Collin, who's married to our panelist, Lieutenant Bob Kroll from Minneapolis PD, retired as a lieutenant, was the, the uh, uh, leader or the, or the president of the police union. So she's a reporter with Alpha News. And look, they presented a documentary called The Fall of Minneapolis last week. It provided an overwhelming amount of information that would suggest there would be an appeal uh, with that information coming forward. And, uh, and that it would be justified. The film is based on Liz Collins' bestseller called Their Lying, The Media of the Left and the Death of George Floyd, a fantastic book if anyone hasn't read it yet. Uh, it exposes the gaping holes in the prevailing narrative surrounding George Floyd's death, Derek Chauvin's trial, and the fallout uh, of the city of Minneapolis um, that they've suffered ever since. And I'll tell you, you'll get angry when you read the book about all the stuff that you thought that you knew, but you didn't. Now, Chauvin, uh, previously, he had two federal appeals rejected, as well as an appeal uh, before the Minnesota, the Minnesota Supreme Court. And now that SCOTUS has rejected the appeal, a lot of good people are questioning the application of justice in America. And Chauvin actually filed a third appeal in federal court last week, claiming that new information from a pathologist in Kansas would have precluded him from ever accepting a plea at the federal level. Um, and this is reported by lawofficer.com. Um, 
Thank you, Travis. So Dr. William uh, Shedsell of Topeka, Kansas, a pathologist, he told Chauvin earlier this year that he believes Floyd died from complications of a rare tumor. I can't even pronounce the name of it, but that it can cause a fatal surge of adrenaline, according to court records. So in this motion, Chauvin claims that no jury would have convicted him if it had heard the pathologist's evidence, despite the medical professional uh, simply reviewing the autopsy re reports and not actually a participant in the postmortem examination on the autopsy. So as a result, Chauvin is asking the judge who presided over his trial to toss his civil rights conviction and order either a new trial or at least uh, a hearing for him to present his new evidence. So that's where we're at now. So we still some wiggle room there. What do you think, uh, Major Travis? Well, I very few people have done the right thing so far in this case. I have no faith whatsoever that anyone in the state of Minnesota besides Liz Collin will do the right thing, and she's not a judge. And the federal level is a different story. Uh, the frustrating part about this, I'm not going to summarize what's in Liz's book and documentary. You're right, it will make you angry. Law officer actually reported on a lot of those facts within days of this. They reported on the autopsy saying no injuries, no asphyxiation. They reported on the training uh, that he was following they, with a copy of the policy that he was following, a copy of the PowerPoint. That was all excluded in trial. And so uh, the frustrating part is, this information is out there for quite a long time. Thank goodness we have one journalist in America, Liz Collin, that put this together, that when you watch it, there is no doubt. I, I keep seeing people online going, uh, we need to make, you know, what do you think about this? Well, when you watch the documentary, there's nothing to think about. Uh, you have an officer that, that called IMSA within 35 seconds because they immediately saw him having troubles to breathe long before an encounter. 35 seconds into the altercation, they called paramedics. Then they followed ex policy exact and they followed training exact. And it's, it's not even a dispute. I think this goes much deeper than a bunch of cowards that did because they obviously covered this up. A bunch of evil folks covered this up and, and we are where we are. It changed the world, literally not just in law enforcement, but everywhere. In my mind, Chip, this is much deeper than that. And our profession better get a handle on this. Almost every police leader of any stature immediately issued letters to the public and letters out on Facebook talking about how this is so wrong and that they're going to make sure this doesn't happen. And they literally took an officer that followed policy and followed training and they advocated for him to go to prison the rest of his life. And if you're working for that said leader today, that's a problem. And they were so public about it. They need to be just as public now that facts and evidence has now been released to everybody. There's no excuse that they were wrong. Now, how many will do that? Probably about that many. And that's a problem because you want to talk about recruiting and retention issues. If you're working for someone that advocated for, for a police officer to follow policy, to follow training, and then to go to prison, that's what we do every day in this professionship. We're told from the very beginning, follow policy, follow training, you'll be just fine. Now, you can argue about the policy and training, but that's why they had to throw Chauvin under the bus because that policy and training falls on the leadership within MPD, including the mayor who runs that agency. Now, our own profession still doesn't get it, Chip. I, I with all this out, and by the way, it's not in dispute. You can go watch this yourself. I still I heard it this morning. Somebody says, well, Chauvin was wrong, but I don't think he killed him. Or, yeah, I see the policy. I see the training. Yeah, but. Folks, there is no yeah, but here. We cannot live in a society that throws cops in prison for following policy and following training. It's just that simple. And we better make a decision on where we stand here. Because if we do not, come out and 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 really hammer this home and, and just instead of memory holding it act like this has never happened the evidence isn't there uh this is bad for law enforcement forever 
because yeah, we can't, they can't take back what they did, but we can certainly make sure it doesn't happen again because it will happen again. If our leaders in our profession do not take a stand and they don't have the same outrage today, Chip, that they were lied to, than they had the day they had to make a comment about a viral video without evidence. I'm sorry. Sorry. I was, I was so, no, I was so enthralled with Travis. I mean, he had me fired up. So I was, I was just awed by him. I mean, look at that handsome man. Well, guys, our second commercial break, but hey, we will be right back. You know, guys, if you've been watching our show for any amount of time, obviously you should be familiar with the new Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't been there lately, check out the new Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. Now, look, the holidays, I mean, look, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. In fact, it's tomorrow, right? So, and then Christmas. So they've got these Gauls gift cards. We've been giving a few of them away on the show as well. We gave away one yesterday, but Gauls.com slash Leo. Get that gift card for your family, friends, and loved ones, especially those involved in law enforcement. They'll be very, very happy this Christmas time. And if your agency needs a new uniform program, go no further than Gauls. My former agency, Tampa Police Department, we had two uniform companies that we were using. They they have sailed away, and they're going with Gauls. There's even a, a Gauls office in the police department, Gauls.com slash Leo. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually, so how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby, meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Dog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we have a lot of fun during commercial breaks. We're all, like, conversing with each other in a private chat. And sometimes it gets a little animated, all I can say. So uh, it's pretty good. So if there's nobody else on the last topic, we can move on to our first story with a video component. Mike, did you have something? Yeah, I just want to follow up. Travis, you're 100% right. Um, You know, we need to hold these leaders accountable that rushed to judgment and, and did not take the time to take that tactical pause and wait for facts to come out and that, you know, um, there is something to be said about their statements and their statements in, in the court of public opinion is is what I believe uh, now, especially now looking at the uh, the medical facts that, uh, you know, George Floyd had, uh, you know, some type of uh, excessive amounts of, um, you know, narcotics in his system, as well as some medical issues that more than likely would have caused his death. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that perception alone is what convicted Derek Chauvin. And I'm not saying that in any way, uh, you know, there shouldn't be some accountability uh, for his actions or the, or the way that he may have reacted and showing lack of compassion. Uh, but what I'm getting at is that too often in our society, we, we rush to judgment because we feel like that's the popular thing to do as leaders. And in fact, that's not how leaders lead. Leaders wait they take that tactical pause. They wait till they get facts in place before they make a statement, if they make a statement at all. You know, we had individuals here at the local level at some of these school districts and even throughout the nation that I even dealt with that were wanting to push out a message regarding the, the George Floyd death at a school district level. You have no business commenting, commenting on that. Stay in your lane is what I would tell people. This is not your space. 
educate kids and shut your mouth. It has nothing to do with you. Uh, you cannot argue with that. Hey, uh, Travis, uh, since we're still riding on the Travis high, uh, can you just tell our, our, our listeners and our, and our viewers a little bit more um, about what you do and how they can get more information? Uh, well, I train and consult on a full-time basis, Chip. Uh, if you go to TravisYates.org, pretty easy. If you remember my name, put dot, dot .org behind it. You'll It'll launch you off into our weekly articles, our weekly podcast, and more importantly, uh, the training that we do across the country. Uh, we do leadership training. We do uh, tactical training. Uh, one of my favorite trainings is a science-based class on pre-attack indicators. That When I, I was just in Reno, Nevada just last week, and the, the look in people's faces, this is stuff we used to train all the time. Cops are not getting this training anymore. And, and we're going to see that in the videos today. We're going to see a ton of hesitation. It's because we're not talking to law enforcement officers about what is occurring before an attack happens. We're making them believe that they actually have to wait, wait, wait for guns to be pointed at them. Of course, we know what the research says. You can't catch up to that. And so I'm more committed than ever to get this out there because I really sense a lack in that. And of course, uh, leadership training, which seems like a, a daily topic on this show where lack of leadership is putting us in a bad position. And, and I'm really proud of it. And, and Matt's been a big supporter. Of course, he's got some outstanding leadership stuff as well uh, we need to start giving training that it's actually practical chip that people can actually use instead of the training that gets certificates on your wall or quadruple trilogy coins that you're proud of because clearly that those things aren't working or we would not have gone through the last few years that we've been in amen brother that's all i can say amen so uh well, thank you mike i just want to add to that i think that travis talks about something that's so important there that people don't understand is that you don't have to wait until you see a gun until you respond as a law enforcement officer. What I tell people in the work that we did at the Secret Service, uh, and I'm so happy to hear him talk about pre-attack indicators, is that people's lips will lie to you, but their actions over a period of time will always tell you what their intent is. And, and that period of time doesn't have to be some long drawn out time period. It could be in a matter of seconds, it could be in a matter of minutes, and it can be verbal and nonverbal. And we need to get to the point where we are reiterating to our officers that, you know, that time period, it, you know, regardless if it's short or long, watch their actions. It will tell you exactly what their intentions are for you. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Guys, we have a, a our next story with a video component. Talk about actions. So we'll, we'll see what you guys have to say about this one. You know, and look, it's, it's hard to find a good story, new story today that does not have a video component. We understand that a lot of people that watch the show or listen to us, you know, they're listening to us on podcasts or on radio stations. And so we'll describe in great detail what's going on with any video components. You guys do feel like you're missing out on anything. And our show is live Monday through Friday during the lunch hour, 12 to 1 o'clock p.m. on Eastern time. But we take that same live show and professionally produce it. And it comes out the very next morning at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Rumble channel. And we embed all the videos that we talk about. We'll put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. So it makes for an interesting way to watch our show Tuesday through Saturday. So you always have that option. Um, but stay loyal to your radio station and to your podcast platform that's you know sending our content your way. So at Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, uh, we have a, a title of the article, Dashcam shows a man plowing through a garage door and he tries to run over officers after a police chase.
when he's plowing, he's not going into the garage door. He's in a car inside the garage with the door closed, plows through it the other way. It's just amazing video. So a man in Ohio has been arrested after police said that he plowed through a garage door and attempted to run over the officers. But this is after the police pursuit. So in El Ria uh, Police Department, they released this body cam video from the encounter that happened earlier this month. And the incident happened around 2.34 in the morning. So it's early on November the 5th after officers investigated the driver for erratic behavior that was on the roadway. And after being pulled over, and taking off from a traffic stop where he actually actually ends up dragging a trooper partway and fleeing from the police, Suchbuck's car is found crashed and abandoned in a home. And I think that they actually ended up calling off the chase, if I remember correctly, because it was just it was going on and on and on, and they were unable to get this guy stopped. He's going at high rates of speed. So officers then find the driver of the vehicle. He's barricaded inside of a home. They try to get him to come out of the house. They actually put a cruiser up close, close to the garage door, not not maybe not close and personal enough. It wasn't touching the door. You know, kind of like you do when we well, I'm in, we have hurricanes in Tampa, so or in Florida. That's what you do. You you put those cars all the way up against that garage door, so it can't so it can't buckle in from the wind. Well, WOIO reported that the home is a rental, and the suspect was living in it. Suspect gets into another vehicle that's in the home's garage. And remember, the garage door is down, and he drives through the garage door going out. And that's where the cops and the and the police are. They're not expecting this. The man drives at the officers, and the officers end up firing their service weapons at the man and the vehicle in response. So uh, they were able to take the guy in the custody, 27-year-old Dorian Williams, and he actually suffered a gunshot wound and was medically clear before being taken to the uh, Lorain County Jail. An officer, or the officer who ended up being dragged by the suspect, suffered only minor injuries, thank God, but that's the way this thing went down. Commentary on this particular story, guys, and uh, talking about uh, watching actions instead of, uh, you know, uh, you know what you're telling you, wow. No takers on this one. We can move to the next one if you guys want. So, oh, you know, I think that uh, I think Mike Matrang on my screen. He looks like he's pointing at the chief deputy Matthew Thomas. I think that that <laughs> am I am I up? Here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm up. Okay. Um, well, I mean, it, it, I think really when you look at the video or when you look at a video like this, uh, it's just another reminder for all of us in law enforcement and all of those out there that are trying to get an understanding of law enforcement how quickly things change, right? And how quickly things happen. And it's a real world. It's a 360 degree world. And you have to be on your toes all the time. We had an incident very similar to this not too long ago, um, where same thing, you're trying to block the garage. You're trying to do so many things to prevent this person from causing violence to other people. And uh, the one thing you always have to remember, especially if you're an officer out there, is that the suspect is going to be the suspect, right? They're going to do what they're going to do. And we have to react to that most of the times. And so uh, the better you can prepare your mind for that, the better you're going to react. And in this case, I think it's just, it's thank we're thankful that no officers were hurt in this whole thing. Yeah. All right. Major Travis Yates. Well, I'm always looking at, you know, foundational issues we can correct to try to prevent things from happening left of bang type mindset. And this is why we need to push for home ownership in this country, because if he owned that home, he would not have driven through his own garage door. Right? But the rental home really caused this guy to not have much of a care for the property there. You know, Travis, you're going a little deep for me. I wasn't prepared when I woke up this morning. I am drinking a bang product. That helps me out a little bit. But just processing the the, the level of deepness, the, the sheer intellectual drainage that I'm going through right now, just trying to comprehend what you just said. It's, it's really tasking me. I feel like my my brain is heating up and go, working on overtime, Jimmy. So I, I might need help on this one. So. He's not the only one. I need more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Travis, for the, uh, that interesting perspective. Home ownership in the, in the, in the, in the U S that'll be our next, uh, federal, uh, uh, 
delegated law that we're going to be pushing through uh, through the show. So uh, moving right along, we've got another story with the video component. I've only got about 45 seconds left before our, our last commercial break. So let me just go through as much of this as I can. We're still at Rumble on our favorite channel. This is Butter. Body cam video released of LMPD. So that's Louisville Metro Police Department officer shooting a suspect. But this guy is holding an AR style gun and he's running with it. Well, let me tell you, that's not really necessarily easy to do. The guy doesn't have a sling or anything. But this body cam footage released on Monday shows a man turning and pointing his gun at a Louisville Metro police officer. Listen to what happens, guys. Commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and the only company that offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all factions of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did. Now, on that note, bluethegold.com, if you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, what about the liability of actually getting it wrong? Say hello to bluethegold.com. They translate search and seizure documents into clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give this training for free thanks to bluethegold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week is Mastering Consent Searches. Sign up at bluethegold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. Bluethegold.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we're talking about a, uh, a story at rumble.com on the this is butter uh law enforcement video channel body cam video released of a lmpd officer that's louisville metro police he's shooting a suspect that's holding an ar style gun wow so the video captures a 36 second chase that includes a suspect and the officer jumping over fences there's tense exchanges between the two as they're running through a uh, louisville uh, i guess the windot neighborhood it's 2 30 in the afternoon so this is in the middle of the afternoon and this dude is running with a with an ar platform gun um so the agency identified the officer as Osha Rogers, a, a rookie who graduated from police academy just in August. And the suspect is Jaron Bobbitt. Uh, I 
don't think there's relation to the other Bobbitt who became famous, but that's another story. He's a 38-year-old with a lengthy criminal uh, history. The incident starts off when Officer Rogers and other officers respond to reports of a domestic violence situation. So body cam footage shows the chase begin almost immediately when officers get there and Bobbitt takes off and he starts running through backyards away from cops. So, you know, you go on the radio, hey, got one running. So Officer Rogers runs past another officer because he apparently was a little quicker. And then he jumps over two fences in his pursuit of Bobbitt. Sounds just like a freaking rookie, does it? They're jumping fences and these seasoned officers are just looking for gates and stuff to go through, right? So Officer Robert uh, Rogers repeatedly is yelling at Bobbitt, demanding that he drop his gun. At one point, uh, Bobbitt turns around and points the gun into the air. Rogers yells, put it down. And Bobbitt responds, don't do it. So then Bobbitt turns and he runs a short distance before turning around again. But this time, instead of pointing it up in the area, he clearly is pointing at the officer. Uh, not that that really makes a huge difference. But at that point, the officer fires four rounds. Bobbitt crumbles to the ground. He's treated at the hospital, then released um, to the in, in the custody the next day and booked into the Louisville Metro Corrections Facility. He's facing multiple charges for hurting the victim and fleeing the officers. He has a lengthy criminal history and is prohibited uh, by law from possessing a gun because of his criminal history. He's a prohibited person. So that said, Travis Yates, start us off, Major. Well, we're seeing this trend, Chip. We're seeing this trend to where officers are waiting, 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 giving multiple commands, you know, and they're waiting until guns are literally pulled up on them. And this is a huge, huge issue. I can tell you what the research says in the best best conditions. If your gun is in your holster, it takes about 2.17 seconds to get gun on target and fire. Someone holding a weapon, it takes 0.25 seconds to raise that gun and fire with a decision matrix with officers. So if, we, if we're holding a gun and they're holding a gun, you add a decision component in there, it takes 0.67 seconds. So they've already made their decision. So if you wait to make a decision on them raising a gun, you're losing big time. Thank God, uh, God's on our side and we win so many of these, but our officers continue to wait for a very long time. And that's why the indicators are important. I mentioned earlier, this isn't the indicator here is he's holding a gun. There's no other indicators to see. And you have to understand if there's law enforcement listening out there, you can't action, uh, action always beats reaction. You cannot win. If someone's holding a gun down to their side and you, and you think that by giving them commands that you're going to be able to beat them when they raise that gun, I can show you video after video in, in, in research conditions where you're never going to beat that. It takes 0.31 seconds, Chip, for your brain to even recognize a threat, meaning someone could pull a gun at you and it's 0.31 seconds before it even registers what's happening. And when they can raise that shoot 0.25 seconds, we lose every time. I cannot emphasize enough that officers across this country are waiting way too long. Obviously, it's a good shoot, but they waited and they waited. And thank God that they survived it but we've got to do something different with our training and our mindset in this profession, because this is going to continue these violent attacks. I mean, we live in a country where Grand Theft Auto is the most selling entertainment uh, you know, device in history, billions of dollars. They beat every movie and record ever out there. And our society is a violent society, and we're going to keep encountering this. And we need to train our officers correctly. And before I get off, I'll just re I'll just repeat. This is a leadership issue. Leaders are responsible for training their officers in this area. I want to give uh, Chief Matt Thomas credit. I've been to his agency almost every year and, and we've trained this training to his to his deputies. They are committed at this. And that is what leadership needs to be doing is making sure they get the training the officers need, not the training that is perceived by the public to be the, the right training, but training where officers can go home at night, no matter what. All right.
Perfect segue for Chief Thomas, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, Travis. Uh, we love having him out, and he is exactly right. And I'll, I'll take it a step further. Um, not only do you have the duty as an officer to protect yourself, go home at night, and to deal with the threats, but you have to, a duty to protect others. And I watch this guy run through a neighborhood, and I think, okay, which house is he going to go into and create a new hostage situation? Right. You have got to take these threats out and you, we can sit here and, and, and Monday morning quarterback it all day long about what he should have done, could have done. Uh, but the officers, when you look at these officers, when you look at these videos, it is very clear to Travis's point that there is hesitation and the hesitation is caused by the national narrative. It's caused by all the stuff we're talking about, trying to take away qualified immunity, um, treating our officers like crap. Uh, just all of these narratives that go against us are causing what you're seeing on video now, where these officers are putting their life at risk just for the sake of and that thought is in their head of, wait a minute, if I have to take this guy's life because he's threatening to kill me and others, how's that going to look on TV? How's my leadership going to back me? And that's a big one. How is my leadership going to back me? Are they going to have my back? And I guarantee you that goes through every officer's mind. And as a leader myself, that's the last thing I want them thinking about. I want them thinking about the problem at hand, dealing with it, and then we'll deal with the BS after that. Wow. Thanks, Chief. Mike? Yeah, many, many uh, very good points here. I mean, and, and Travis is right. You know, uh, I don't think that people understand um, how important action versus reaction is. It is absolutely imperative for people to understand that, especially our law enforcement officers. You are already behind the curve uh, in that action versus reaction phase. And so, you know, if you break down this video frame by frame as it, as it goes through for 36 seconds, that officer could have, according to policy and law, utilized use of force as they were sitting in the driveway, as they approached him in the vehicle when he first brandished that weapon behind that, that door. And and uh, Chief is right as well. There's this hesitation that has been created by this national media narrative that, you know, law enforcement has a duty to wait. And, and, and that couldn't be further from the truth, because what we also understand is, is, is the chief's right again. We have a duty to protect, uh, to protect ourselves and our communities. That individual walking and running through that neighborhood, I just was waiting on him to apprehend a car, just like in the video that we saw last week uh, out in Utah where that individual, uh, you know, tried to enter a vehicle using a weapon forced his way in. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a good shoot. The officer did a very good job. I will, you know, give him kudos there. He did a very good job. Um, but uh, we have to we have to really drive home uh, to not only our leadership, uh, but to our officers is that in the moment you have to respond with what you see. You cannot allow um the narrative of the media that's going to they're going to persecute you regardless but at the end of the day you have a duty to protect those individuals and go home to your family thanks mike hey real quick m6globaldefense.com tell us about it yeah so um former secret service uh we have uh, about 33 consultants in 16 states uh we specialize in and uh, security assessments for all verticals. Um, we, we're really passionate about schools. That's our largest vertical. Uh, we believe in a proactive rather than a reactive uh, stance uh, in, in K-12. 
Uh, our foundational component is exactly what we're talking about. Uh, you know, proactiveness versus reactiveness. It's observing people's behaviors. It's uh, identifying those things before they become a crisis, getting these individuals off of pathways of violence. Right. It's taking that human component and, in, and engaging technical uh, uh, products and services with emergency planning and putting together a holistic uh, uh, plan for our clients. So m6globaldefense.com. So thank you. Hey, guys, uh, we didn't have time to get to it. The, I was also I just wanted to mention that that leoferris.com had that story uh, the migrant who applied for asylum in the United States arrested for an alleged plot to kill Jewish people. Uh, we're going to start to see more and more stories like this coming down the pike with the open borders we've had for three years with what happened in Israel and bypassed the military, of course, you know, land, sea, and air. You know, there, we don't have to worry about them bypassing the military because they've already done it because the borders have been open. So you're going to hear more and more stories like that, unfortunately, but it's going to come down to law enforcement and to civilians, I'm afraid, in order to protect you know, ourselves in this country. Um, I do want to uh, make mention of uh, you know, Lieutenant Randy Sutton couldn't not be on the day show, but the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org, a fantastic, worthy 501c3, worthy of your support. So guys, please check that out. Also, Chief Thomas, uh, know that Sheriff Mark Lamb is running for U.S. Congress. Uh, you know, people listening to the show, uh, this is a good guy, great character. We need more people like him, Chief. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sheriff is in a, a race here in Arizona for a Senate seat that is being hotly contested. And uh, Arizona's in a, in a spot right now, as you guys know. Uh, we're one of the, uh, the big states, so please so support guys, him if you can. Support him. MotionDSP, AUFire.com, GolfsGunler.com, BlueTheGold.com, on Medicare.Live, Bang, and Monster Energy. Brian Burns, uh, TampaFP.com. Thanks.